1: Hello everybody it is Kirk Henderson coming to you for the first time in a while with an episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. I am here this evening with former contributor to Mavs Moneyball current rice I guess like senior editor writer a little bit of everything over there at dallasbasketball.com friend of all Mavs fans Dalton Trigg. How you doing tonight Dalton?
2: I'm doing well Kirk thanks for having me on and uh like you said i i try to do a little bit of everything I, <laughs> I i i write i like to think i write a good bit but mostly i'm on twitter doing stupid
1: stuff so <laughs> same here <laughs> what what whatever makes it work you know well, we're coming to you guys Tuesday night and you know, I don't know about you guys, but after All-Star weekend, I was really feeling a little bit of a break. It seems Dalton, you know, Dalton was one of many people and this just didn't occur to me. It didn't occur to me to actually take a trip or do something fun on All-Star weekend because I always wanted to watch. <laughs> and you know, you you went on a short trip, a couple other friends I know went out of town and it's just kind of nice to get away from the grind and you know i it's funny i i'm really not missing basketball yet but i am missing right. like talk i am missing like talking about the mavs i've kind of avoided it for two or three days online and and i bothered dalton tonight to see if he wanted to hop on and and talk a little shop yeah
2: and well it, it just kind of worked out that way because it, it was also valentine's day weekend and uh, You know, my wife and I, we hadn't really gone anywhere in quite a while. And I was like, you know what? Let's see how many Hilton points we have on this car. Well, it's a good <laughs> use of a... time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I still I still chimed in a little bit and I watched, you know, a little bit here and there All-Star Weekend. But for the most part, I try to just let it go. And like you said, it, it, it's good to get a little break. I I feel... I feel re-energized, and I, I still have a few more days to go until you know the Mavs actually play. But I feel like I'm ready to finish out this season, you know,
1: riding wise because it's it's been a long first half of the season or a little over half of the season. It really has. It really has. The Mavs have played 55 games. But before we pivot specifically to the Mavs, I did want to hear what you at least thought of Luka Doncic's first. All-Star Weekend as an All-Star. So I know you didn't get to see everything, but what were your takeaways from kind of the coverage and everything that was out there that we read about, the pictures, videos, all that good stuff?
2: Oh, well, the coverage was great. I mean, it usually is when it's involving Luca, but uh, as far as his actual performances, I mean, I I thought it was fine. I thought he – the main thing was, you know, him having fun uh, you know how I can be about future free agencies and stuff. In my in my in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he he's in there rubbing shoulders with these guys, and he he's making friends, and uh, maybe giving guys a little bit of a um, a look ahead to what it would be like to play with him. So that was my main thing. I didn't expect him to, you know, go out and get All Star MVP or anything like that. Just came back from that ankle. Sprain his second one this season, so I mean I, I'm kind of glad he took it light for the most part. But I mean for for the minutes he was out there, I I, I thought he did fine. And I mean he, he 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 got to throw a full court pass to his idol LeBron and uh, hit a couple of threes there. I mean it, it was good. And I mean it's just the first of many. So I, I'm excited to see him, you know, do even more going forward.
1: Yeah, I really so, me, enjoyed. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, and let me just say this, because I feel like and this isn't Mavs or Luka related, but I feel like the most under, under what's the word, undercovered play of the entire weekend was Russell Westbrook throwing an alley-oop to Chris Paul, who actually went up there and got it and finished it. And I, I didn't watch it live. I didn't see that play live, but I saw the NBA post on their Instagram account earlier and i was just watching and i heard people talking about it a few people but then when i actually saw it i was just like what i
0: didn't
2: know he
1: still had that in him
2: well he talked
1: about he talked about how his plant-based diet has like added years to his life and you know i I will i will you know they can y'all can have the years i i don't want to just eat plants i that sounds really disappointing to me as a large man Uh, i don't I, I, I just, remember when DeAndre Jordan said that too. That was that was a fun time. <laughs> well, I I think my I I some of the things I really enjoyed from the weekend were a lot of the photos. Uh, you know, with so many people there, people taking you know high quality photos on their phones all the time and sharing them in the social media. There's also like the USA Today and Getty and Wire photos that we have access to through our content management system. Jason Gallagher, oh, they're the great. Writer, Jason Gallagher of the ringer shared this just incredible photo. I want to say it was from a USA today photographer of Luca shooting at the all-star practice on Saturday. And he's just surrounded by everybody. It's like, they're having a shooting contest (laughs) and everyone's staring at Luca and it looks like they're trying to get in his head. And it's just one of, it's like the reason that I'm obsessed with all-star break because I'm normally a huge grump when it comes to any sort of like, colluding and team conspiracy building like all the stuff that you really have fun with just because I'm not good at it. I have a hard time envisioning it. But then when you see these guys together, it's really really fun. Like Tim Cato uh wrote a piece for the Athletic, just kind of a news and notes piece from each day. It was not to give him too much crap, but it was almost like a like a minute by minute log where he's just like writing down his note on notes. He said that luca spent a ton of time talking to to uh jokic and that yes. just gets my like head turning <laughs> i i like like because jokic is one has become one of my favorite players with just how he plays the game so i'm like i can't you know i'm just right now because we don't have anything else to really you know focus on i just can't help but like dream in some of these you know totally bs scenarios but it, it certainly is a lot of fun um the the other, besides yeah, tip look, Keta, but,
2: but, before, before we move on here there, there's one more thing One of my, I think probably my favorite photo from the weekend was when uh, the team LeBron. They were taking their team photo, and you know Luca, he's sitting right by LeBron, and then to his left, he's sitting by Russell Westbrook. And then I can't pronounce this guy's name. We we follow each other and we (laughs) we talk every now and then, but I mean I just I cannot pronounce his name. He's from Slovenia, but he he posted the picture. Uh, of Luca sitting by Russell Westbrook, and then he posted that picture of when it was in 2016 when yeah. uh, Real Madrid played against OKC in that that uh <laughs> exhibition game, and it, stuff like that is just that's just crazy to see how far Luca's come in such a short amount of time, and just kind of gives you goosebumps looking at it. So that was that that was probably my favorite part of the weekend.
1: Yeah, I. I also, you know, let's just let's just do some wild speculation. I loved how pissed Luca looked when he wasn't in the game in that fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like like half. I'm sure your timeline was like this. We follow a lot of the same people about how mad our fans were that he wasn't playing. But I gotta tell you in a meaningless exhibition game where he's, you know, coming off a little bit of an injury, I would rather Luca not play and then stew because if there's anything he, you know, it's a long season, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, some of the real greats were amazing at, you know, coming up with uh, straw men to fight and, you know, maybe getting, a little irritated about a meaningless game is something that would press Luca through these final 27 games of the season. I it's a little thing, but I, I really liked it. What did you think about that? Yeah. I
2: mean, when, when, it all comes down to it, I don't think he, he's going to take it too seriously, but like you said, he, you could definitely tell that he wasn't happy. He wasn't, I mean, he was a starter. I mm-hmm. mean, you know what I mean? He, he was a starter on team LeBron. And it's almost like you know they played favorites with Chris Paul, and it's it's kind of like okay, you gotta you gotta put in a little bit more time before you can finish out this game or something like that. But I mean, yeah, I I could see it giving him a little bit more motivation for for the rest of the season. And uh, like I said, he just came back from from that injury. He played that that one game against Sacramento, played great. Uh, he's had a really long break now. I mean, I I, I think we're gonna see you know, some really incredible performances going down the stretch here. And I mean, I keep telling everybody this and I've told Matt this and I've mentioned it multiple times on on our podcast, uh, Mavs Step Back, but it just feels like the the last time the Mavs were 100% healthy was that mid-November to early January stretch where they won 10 out of 11 games and yeah Dwight Powell he's he's out now but KP's completely healthy Lucas completely healthy uh the rest of the roster as far as i know unless something's happened you know over this break is is healthy so and i mean if you look at the schedule coming out of the gates here uh after all-star break it's not that bad like no if you talk like a a 10 to 12 game stretch that they have coming out of this break if you told me they would they would win like let's say nine out of twelve, mm-hmm. I, I would believe it because I mean it's just not that bad of a schedule.
1: No, it's it's really not. And uh, HP basketball, my friend Matt Moore, gambling fiend, works for the Action Network, shared with me today that the Mavs, what's referred to as the magic number, is at nineteen. And essentially, what That's the amazing. Mavericks, what what that is, is. With 27 games remaining, they have, between their wins and or the teams behind them, meaning just one team, in this case, the Memphis Grizzlies, losses have to come to a total of, of uh, 19. So the Mavericks, with a relatively easier stretch, are going to be able to absolutely lock up a playoff spot, I would guess by the end of March. I don't know the number of yeah. games, but that the 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 seeding is a different story, but the the locking up of a playoff spot is all but assured. I know we have a bunch of fans out there that are really worried about it. It's the only way that could happen is if they lost something like 22 out of their next 27 games. Like that that's just not going to happen. Um so I'm I'm really I'm really like looking forward to this and and that actually is my next question what are you looking for in the next 27 games that you haven't seen yet what is something that you're you're looking forward to the Mavs trying or you know anything along those veins that you have not seen uh so far this season
2: well the the obvious one is Michael Kidd Gilchrist I mean I I want to I want to see what they can squeeze out of him, what Rick Carlisle can squeeze out of him, if anything. If not, I mean, it's not a not a huge deal. But uh, one interesting thing that, that Rick pointed out, and he – MKG hasn't shot a lot of – he's only shot a three-pointers in his career. So, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime percentages get thrown out there, you have to just kind of take it with a grain of salt. But Rick, he pointed out that uh, MKG shoots 40% from the corners. And so I mean, if they could just get like a, a tiny bit of offense out of him, and then say he plays defense the way they they think he can play defense, I mean that that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to. But other than that, uh, I mean I, I'd really like to see more out of Delon Wright, uh, more consistency. Uh, you know, me and you and and Matt, and, uh, we've talked about it before. He just he kind of. At times, he tends to dribble way too much. He he does a lot of movement with nothing, I guess is yeah. the way you could say it. But uh, I I want to see him crank it up a little bit. I want to see him – and, I mean, maybe that's too much to ask. I mean, he's, what, 27 years old now, 26, 27? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of who he is at this point. He's a fine player. He just uh, – I think he could take it up another notch, something that – that we haven't seen. One of his best games this year uh, was the the second game of the season when I was down in New Orleans. And I forget his stat line, but I remember he had, like, five steals. <laughs> he had five steals and, uh, like, seven assists, 20 points. I mean, he was just all over the place. And I, I wish we could see a little bit more of that. It'd give this this team a big boost heading into the playoffs. But, yeah, I get, in short, to answer your question – MKG is what I'm looking forward to seeing first, seeing how that works out. And then I'd like to see DeLon Wright take a step forward.
1: I'll answer my own question just because I want to talk about this a bit. There was a play against the Kings. It was a broken play. Uh Luca somehow ended up with a mismatch in the post. KP had the ball on the wing. It was very odd. Uh Luca repeatedly called for the ball, but KP wasn't even looking in his direction. He passed the ball to I think Tim Hardaway at the top of the key. Hardaway noticed the mismatch. Luca sealed his man like very old school nineties post maneuver and got uh it wasn't a lob, but it was basically a pass over the top from Hardaway who then laid it in. And that yes (laughs) idea do you remember this play? Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
2: And what I what I want go ahead. I was going to say I was about to pull it back up, but I I know what you're talking about now.
1: And what I I want is not necessarily Luka post-ups. Let's not read too far into this, friends. You've heard me rant about post-up enough this season. But Luka off-ball is something the Mavericks have to try more down the stretch. And I don't mean off-ball in the sense where he goes and stands in the corner and watches J.J. Barea do his thing. I mean, off ball and plays and motions where he is getting free in uh, ways that basically, you know, cause the defense to panic. So much of what he's done this season has been in the result of his own hard work using screens, you know, basically, his you know, his usage and energy rate are, are he's working hard for these baskets and that sort of motion while still requiring effort where he, you know, basically sealed and posted up. It's just a different kind because, you know, basketball, the ball's supposed to move around. It's supposed to pop. It's what we love when we see Luca drive and, you know, kick it out to the far corner. But they need to do more things where he's either the role man or he's involved in some kind of weak side action where he can free up and, and be able to receive a pass. I, you know, he doesn't have to get the pass, but. Luca on the move is going to terrorize defenses. You know, it's, it's one of the ways that Russell yeah. Westbrook has been unlocked in, in uh, Houston, despite his terrible inefficiency. He's just a bull without the ball. And Luca's obviously a different kind of athlete, but that sort of uh, concept is something Dallas needs to explore more, just so they don't wear him out. Yeah,
2: and I, just to add on to that, I agree with everything you said about Luca there, too, but another thing I liked in that, that last game against Sacramento was uh, it seemed like they, they were getting KP the ball more around that free-throw line area, mm-hmm. and he was making really good reads. I mean, he had, what, five assists in that game? Yes. Uh, just making some really good passes, uh, you know, out to the corner and, you know, not, not being stubborn and uh, – kind of being baited into charges and stuff like that. I mean, that kind of stuff can provide a big boost. You know, five assists, I mean, Luka can do that in his sleep. But if you're getting that from KP or if you even get three assists per game from KP, that's huge in my opinion. And he was – they were both great in that game. And it was great to see him play good together, which it seems like we hadn't seen since uh, the Mexico City game
1: against Detroit. Yeah, that was a big game. Okay, guys, we'll be right back after a brief word from one of our sponsors. Thanks for hanging out. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip.
2: Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever there Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: All right, everyone. We're back. Uh, an episode of Kirk, Your Enthusiasm with dear friend of the show, Dalton Trigg. Uh, a couple more questions before I let you escape back to your evening. First, um, are are there any games in particular that you have circled out of the remaining, uh, I want to say it's 27 contests?
2: Well, I mean, obviously you have to look at the season finale, which is against OKC at American Airlines Center. And, you know, they're, they're neck and neck in the standings right now. So a lot can change in 27 games, but I mean, that, that looks like it's going to be a huge one. And, I believe, yeah. So that right now the season series is is tied. So I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, that, that's going to be a huge game.
1: I have this this uh, final New Orleans matchup on March the fourth circled because Ooh, that's I, be a good one too. I am horrified by Zion Williamson. <laughs> I I don't want to I don't want to get off on too big of a tangent, but I think. The further we get away from the lottery of last year, the more insane it's going to feel that we were a digit away from a Luka-Zion pairing. And I can honestly say if those three, Luca, KP, and Zion, were on a team right now, the Mavericks would probably be a 3-4-5 seed in the West and would be a dark horse finals candidate. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean it, that... it
2: really is crazy. It really is crazy how and I wrote about this last year too, or uh yeah, around right before the lottery hit and even I touched on it afterwards too, but it is absolutely unreal how horrible the Mavs lottery luck is throughout their <laughs> their franchise history. It is the it is I haven't looked at many other teams history. It's the second it worst. Is,
1: it's the second it's worst. Horrible. The only the only team that's <laughs> worse. I saw the the Minnesota Timberwolves have slipped seventeen total spots net rating over the course of the time the lotteries existed. Uh the Mavericks are twenty ninth at thirteen spots. They have only fallen. And and and, see, it's and just... see
2: even then, even then the Timberwolves have still ended up with the with the number one
1: pick,
0: pick hasn't yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So mm, I
2: don't pretty... know. I, I don't know what to say. It, it makes me sad, but I mean, just well, thinking about what Luke, Luca, and Zion would look like, to, or even John Morant. You know, he. Mm-hmm. I've said this before too. John Morant is kind of what we all hope Dennis Smith Jr. would be. Um, oh,
1: he's, he's outstanding.
2: So, I mean, <laughs> they're
1: both great. All these guys, I, I I shared this on Twitter a week ago. ESPN did a 2018-2019 combined redraft of their favorite, you know, of the top players. Of the top 10, seven went to the Western Conference and five went to the Southwest Division. And I was just <laughs> like, come on. It's like, this is just crap. Um. If you were to choose from potential playoff opponents, is there anyone in those top 4 that you would prefer? I'm going to stick with the Rockets. Uh
2: they have you know, since I last said this, they have, you know, gone full anti-center uh playing PJ Tucker and I think even their their last true center on the ro- on the roster I forget his name, but they—they they I saw they sent him down to the G League here <laughs> a mm-hmm. few days ago. So, I mean, they're, they're all in on it. Uh, but, I mean, I just – I don't think it's sustainable in the playoffs. I think it's going to end up being like pretty much every other Mike D'Antoni team. Uh, when it's working, it's working, but I think they'll fizzle out. I still think the Rockets are – you know, would be the best-case scenario matchup for the Mavs. Um, I don't know. I, I think that first matchup, they, when they, they beat Houston by 14 in Houston, you know, completely healthy, I think that's more of an accurate accurate um, picture of, of what that playoff series would look like. I think the Mavs could win that one in, you know, probably six games. I don't know. What about you?
1: I have a wild take in that I think they would match up well with the Lakers. I am, you know, with what's happened to the Lakers in the trade market and then really the buyout market and the non-retiring market, things keep not falling the way of the Lakers. And... One of the little secrets of the early part of the season was that along with Dallas, another team that had a cupcake soft schedule was the Los Angeles Lakers. And their schedule down the stretch, mainly due to national television games, is pretty brutal. And they have a bunch of veteran players who are older, and I just, I don't buy a Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee center lineup lasting 82 games and even though they're probably at their best with AD playing center, I, I something about the way the Mavericks just kicked the crap out of them that one game in LA in early December, I cannot shake that. And so I'd be okay with that matchup. Everybody else, I'm kind of not. Like, the Clippers are a horror show. Uh, that's one team I I just the, – they, they'd annihilate the Mavericks. It'd go pretty quickly. Denver – would be interesting i think it'd be fun i think denver is better yeah uh i don't want to play the jazz sheerly because i don't want to break my computer with all the bull that rudy gets away with um <laughs> i do not shorts pulling crap i feel for luca on that so that's i don't know it rockets are currently at five if they jump that'd be fascinating but honestly, it's at this point. I'm I'm I sort of want the Lakers, as drunk as that sounds.
2: The only the only reason I wouldn't want to play the Lakers is because
1: LeBron I mean, James is amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. LeBron and and AD. I mean, that's just a that's just a terrifying duo to to go up against. More LeBron in the playoffs than AD. He hasn't really proven anything in playoffs, but. Uh, but it would also probably mean that the Mavs fall to the eighth seed because I right. mean, yeah, the, the Lakers have a tough uh schedule down the stretch, but you know, uh, some teams uh, some teams will start tanking. You know, teams that lock up a playoff spot early, you know, they might take uh, they might rest players down the stretch. I mean. I, I don't think they're going to give up the one seed, in my opinion. So I think a Lakers-Mavs matchup would mean the Mavs fall into number eight, which would mean that they're not playing their their best basketball. So That's I mean, I, I think it would be a, I think it would be a good storyline. And like you, I think they do match up well with them. I just like their chances of actually winning a playoff series more if they get matched up with Houston. And I'm like you, I, I'm interested with Denver too. Um, that would actually be the playoff matchup if it started today. Today,
1: so. right, right. Yeah. Well, that's about all I got for you right now. I, I, I want to give you a chance to make a closing statement, but I want to say I am largely a grump, and if you would have told me <laughs> at all-star break that the Mavericks have 33 wins, I would have laughed at you. And they're just playing outstanding, and this is a lot of fun. Yeah, and it could be better,
2: too. I mean, they like I said, their best stretch of basketball this season was when they were completely healthy, and they just rolled through that part of the schedule. They won 10 out of 11. The only loss was their first game against the Clippers at American Airlines Center. And the, all the other games, they were just like beating the brakes off of people. And then they just – they hit a string of bad luck with their with their injuries to their two main stars, and it's just been inconsistent ever since. And, I mean, hey, maybe they're getting back to it now. And I think it's going to be a really fun uh, final stretch. I, I, I think – you can hold me to this, but just looking at the schedule, uh, how they played in that last game before the break – being completely healthy for now i, I think they get to the 50
1: wins i like it i like it i think it's All they it's, got to go in
2: range they, they got to go 17 and 10 over these last 27 to get to 50 i think that's very doable
1: i do too i like the take i we have a piece coming out tomorrow where our staff takes a look at our preseason predictions and basically offers revised predictions and I, scared, I said forty nine. Uh, I think they can go sixteen and eleven, but at that point, you're basically splitting hairs over some of the, you know, the BS games, and and anything can yeah. happen, you know, in these these five point, you know, wins and losses. So I, I, I like where we're at right now. This is this is a good place. Well, everybody, yeah. I want you all to stop what you're doing at the moment. Go subscribe to the Step Back Podcast. Uh, go check out all of Dalton's work if you haven't, if you don't follow him, he's much more fun to follow on Twitter on me than I am. Uh, his, pod- <laughs> his podcasting partner Matt is less fun. Um, we'll see if he makes it this far to the podcast so he can yell at me. <laughs> uh but otherwise you know those guys at uh, dallasbasketball.com and the illustrious 75 member staff do a lot of work oh, and God. they enjoy covering the Mavs they probably have as much fun if not more fun than we do at Moneyball because they have more uh happy warriors than our group of grumps um Dalton thank you very much for joining us now you got anything else before we get out of here no, that's it. I appreciate you
2: having me on, and we'll definitely have to do it again. And I'm still searching for a lot, a lot of those other 75 members, by the way. But just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there before, <laughs> before we get off here for a second. I mean, I, I'm sorry if you're listening to this fish, but
1: <laughs> you fish. still
2: searching for them.
1: All right, this has been Kirk Henderson with Kirk Your Enthusiasm and Dalton Trigg of DallasBasketball.com. Like, subscribe, do all the stuff. We appreciate it, guys, and everyone have a good week.